good evening or uh, I guess it's kind of late in the night for a for a post game wrap up uh, after a football game following a, a victory a road victory for your Boilermakers. Purdue is now one and one on the 20, 2023 season. Um, they they fought through elements. They dealt with stops and starts. Um, fought through some questionable officiating in the uh, third quarter. Uh, from some questionable play calling, some self inflicted wounds, a little bit of everything. But they got the victory. Uh, thanks to our Fresno State friends for tuning in. I'm sure they're here. They were at the Virginia Tech Primer for some reason. So why not? Why wouldn't they come along for this one? Um, glad you guys are here. Uh, and Boilermakers, fun lovers, thrill seekers, thank you for being here. Uh, before I dive in too deeply about what I saw and what I thought about the game, let me thank our sponsors. I'm wearing a beautiful, lovely, fantastic shirt from our friends at Homefield. Head over to homefieldapparel.com. Enter Boiled23 after you've picked out your favorite gear. Get 15% off on that on your first order. It's a pretty good deal. Um, and I got to tell you, this is classic gear. Can you beat it? I don't think you can. And next week, when you're in town to watch Purdue battle Syracuse, I think Syracuse is 2-0. and They were up 45-0 to or something ridiculous on Western Michigan uh, today, right around there at halftime. They were just beating them like a yard dog. They only scored one more time, I think. Um, but uh, Purdue gets a... a should be a pretty significant uh, test from Syracuse. Uh, but before that game, remember, it's a 7 p.m. kickoff. Why don't you head over to AJ's? Go to eatajs.com before you do that. Um, if you're wise, you're going to get the, um, you're gonna get the uh, mac and cheese bites. I just That's something that I would do. And I, you look at me and you believe it. I, I tell you that I like the food there. And you believe it for multiple reasons. Always trust a fat guy when he talks about food. So eatajs.com, uh, head over to AJ's on Vine. Uh, they have a great staff. They have televisions all over the walls. They have beers on draft, beers in bottles, uh, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. They don't have that. But they have burgers, beef, and beer. That's AJ's. So before I dig into stats, I want to tell you what I was thinking. I want to be really honest because I'm, I'm that guy. I'll do that for you. Um, the second and third quarters had me pulling out the remaining few follicles of hair. I've got some dark ones right there. But just those second and third quarters were just maddening. But before they got to those second and third quarters, how did they get there? It's a really interesting thing. The day I picked, I picked a picture of a lightning strike near the stadium uh, in Blacksburg to illustrate the difficulty on the day. It was a nine-hour game when all sudden, uh, said and done, just under nine hours. But how it started was a 22-minute delay. They finally kicked off, played for 25 minutes, I believe. Then at a 5-hour and 27-minute or 5-hour and 22-minute, 5-hour and 27-minute some delay. Then they finally started again, and that was towards the end of the first quarter where Purdue was starting third down and middle distance. And Card got sacked right away. Uh, Purdue gave the ball back, then Purdue drove down the field and kind of uh, commenced to pick up where they were early in the game with that efficient offense we saw in the first quarter. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, hey, this this HUD card-led Purdue offense is pretty damn good. When uh, you know This is the real air raid. You can see there was patience there. He was picking his spots. The offensive line was doing a great job. And then all of a sudden, the wheels just fell off the machine. 
And the end of this, from I think it was the last seven or nine minutes, Purdue went from a 17-0 lead to a 17-17 tie to go into halftime. And it had me just absolutely nuts. I was mad at everybody. And I mean that. I was not happy. I was very upset with play calling once again. I was very upset um, with some of the missed tackles, veteran players not making plays. Just the, the first game rust didn't seem to be gone. And that continued into the third quarter. It just felt like, dang nab, this, this is kind of a joke to me because I watched that quarterback, Wells, play. And I was like, every third pass, he's going to make a bad throw. He just is. He doesn't have much accuracy. He throws the ball behind his targets. He makes boneheaded decisions. And Purdue would not allow him to make the dumb decision because they were just giving him rope. And he was not hanging himself with it. Um, it was, it was frustrating to watch. The pass rush, rush went kind of uh, anemic for a little bit. Um, the, um, the tenor of the game was controlled by Virginia Tech. Everything was going Virginia Tech's way in that second and third quarter. And then the fourth quarter rolls, rolls around, and it looked like the first quarter Purdue again. All of a sudden, the air raid offense is back. The offensive line just kind of took the thing over and there are a lot of differences between this game and last week's game in that that fourth quarter Purdue could not seem to they could not seem to um, uh, flex their muscle exert their will on a very good Fresno State team we talked about this Fresno State team coming in and if you want to look in comparison I think Fresno State is still a better team after watching Virginia Tech play, when you're on the road, you obviously have a boost. The home team has some advantages. Even with a, a sparsely um, populated stadium, uh, Virginia Tech fans, not many of them came back. Or let's say it looked like to me about, let's say, 55, 60% of the fans came back because it was nearly a sellout at uh, kickoff. Bunch of weird stuff because of the delay. They didn't play Inner Sandman ever, which is kind of the one of the things I want to see. I want to go to Virginia Tech game and see it live at night and see them come out at that point. I really was happy that Purdue didn't have to deal with that. But Purdue in that fourth quarter really did some good things again. Card was was making good throws. Yassine had a big catch, um, I believe. Well, in the third quarter, you got a really weird thing where I think Card threw... A long pass, I want to say to Sheffield, down the left side. I mean, it was a 40-yard completion, I believe. And it felt like Purdue had momentum. And then they were out. It was like three and out a second later. They also had one of the most questionable um, play calls in that second quarter again to go back there when they went for it again. They did this last week with Fresno State, and it paid off. This time they went for it on the 30, uh, right around there, and they gave Virginia Tech the ball. And then Virginia Tech only got three points out of it from the 30. And that was a huge victory, just allowing three points. But that was in that same span where Virginia Tech cut the lead to zero after it was a 17-point lead. I was pissed. I'll be really honest. I was like, okay, growing pains are one thing. Boneheaded coaching is another. And it was really, really tough for me at that point. I, I went off probably to a level I'm not real proud of around my mom too. My dad's heard me curse. That was bad. So I apologize, mom and dad. My mom um, pretends like she watches my post games and my quick cast, but she doesn't. So my dad's going to have to hand that message on to her. <clears throat> so I apologize to everybody because I was out of hand. But it was a crime of passion. Like you, um, I was... Um, 
I just was not pleased with what I was seeing. And I said, man, this coaching staff, we, it's one thing to say, okay, this young coaching staff, they got to grow up. It's quite another to say, how long are we going to be dealing with stupidity here in the play calling? But just like that, just as badly as the second and third quarters were, the fourth quarter was that good. And one thing that was, I got to say this again, the offensive line. The offensive line was incredible. The lanes they were opening up for the running backs. And it really wasn't just Devin Maccabee, who had a huge game. We're going to look at his stats here in a second. But Maccabee iced the game, obviously, with that big run to, to get Pruitt's final first down. Um, keep Virginia Tech off the field one more time. Kind of like the Minnesota game last week, last year. It felt a bit like that. But he also, the, the offensive line also opened up those lanes for, for Tyrone Tracy and Hudson Card. Hudson Card ran the ball a lot more, a lot of fe- more effectively. If you remember my three po- uh, uh, pregame points that I really thought were important, <clears throat> Purdue's play calling needed to be better and more situationally effective. It was not. So they failed that one. And I mean that because that second and third quarter, gosh, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but goodness. Second one was get Sudsy, meaning give Mock the ball, and they did it. I'm not sure how many carries Mock had. I'll have, I'll have it here in a second. But they gave him the ball, and it paid off. you got to give that guy looks. got to give that guy carries. He had a big costly drop at one point in the fourth quarter out into the – it was past the flat, out at the first down marker, and he dropped it for no good reason. And, of course, positive spin, meaning rotate players in and out. Um, and one big play was Nick Scarton had a sack in the fourth quarter. That was a huge play. And I believe that's because they didn't have him on the field the entire game. I'll have to see a snap count from Scarton. Maybe one some of you guys already have. But that was big. Scarton being fresh at the end of the game, that was way different than the Fresno State, Fresno State game because they couldn't, uh, I mean, Scarton couldn't get past Fresno State. Neither could Jenkins. And both of those guys, both of those ends, are starting to look like absolute mothers. Those are two guys that might join the den of defensive end. I think Scourton is almost guaranteed to. Now, Jenkins doesn't have as much time left on his career at Purdue, but they could both join the den. Um, I know it's an arbitrary thing, but... Okay, let's look at stats together. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, come along. Join me for a little ride. Purdue wins, of course, 24-17. to 17. Um, One big difference from last week. One thing that was a massive improvement from last week. Obviously, the third down efficiency was up. And the uh, defensive uh, third down efficiency was way up. <clears throat> Virginia Tech only was two for twelve on third down. That's a big improvement from last last week. Um, and I would say for me, the entire story comes down to the difference between Mikey King and Wells, uh, Virginia Tech's quarterback. He's just not as good as King. There's no other way to say it. One thing that's really good about this team. Um, they don't turn the ball over. This Purdue team does not turn the ball over. It hasn't really had a tendency to do it yet. So you have another game with zero turnovers. Virginia Tech had two, so Purdue's plus two there. Thieneman has another interception. That's two games, two interceptions. He led the team in tackles. He had seven, I believe. Um, also a very good sign. Um, Purdue in third down efficiency was seven of 17. Not awful. I think that's 40-something percent. Um, I think that's right. I think it's like 41%. <clears throat> and... Purdue had 427 total yards of offense. It wasn't as much of a big play game as the Fresno State game was, obviously because of the biggest one thing. The, the biggest difference is, of course, the, the, um, the touchdown return, uh, the kickoff touchdown return. That's a big deal. It's a big difference maker. Generally, when you do that in a game, your probability of, going, of winning goes way up. Purdue didn't have any of that, none of those fireworks. 
but they did have big plays in the form of some long passes, um, and uh, they did not have one of those uh, game-breaker uh, plays up the middle. So it was, a, it was a lot different game. Purdue had to do it in a lot more methodical manner, and they did it at times, and that's refreshing. Hudson Card finishes 23 of 34, 248 yards, no picks, no touchdowns. Wells, on the other hand, finishes with 243 yards, uh, uh, completing less than 50% of his passes, Two touchdowns, two interceptions. So feast or famine for on that side of the ball. Devin Mockaby, 21 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown. Let's see. I'd like to see how many receptions he had, but this is a bad example. And receiving yards. Um, Claire <laughs> leads all receivers with eight uh, receptions and, and um, 64 yards. Pretty interesting that um, uh, a redshirt freshman, I think he's a redshirt freshman tight end lead, especially since Garrett Miller started the game which looked like to, it was going to be a really good story. He had a catch early and a big, uh, a great play, young uh, yards after, after catch, after contact. Um, and then he didn't play at all, I think, after the rain delay, which was a little tough to deal with. Um, I may have a little problem here. Okay. Let's see. Uh, receiving. On the other side, you got, let's see, Claire had led all pretty receivers. Sheffield had four receptions for 60 yards. Yassine had four for 58. Almost the exact same stat line, I think, from last week. If we went back and looked at that, that's promising. Burks did not have as many receptions. Only one, 18 yards receiving. Uh, let's see if there's anything else noteworthy here. Uh, Maccabee, one reception for 12 yards. So the big thing is Purdue walks away with the win. It, we gotta, you have to appreciate the fact it is difficult to, to beat anybody on the road. But it's really difficult to beat a Power 5 opponent. Opponent, Even, I don't think Virginia Tech is the strongest opponent. I think their 4-8 and eight season last year is probably going to be a lot like what they did this year. I listened to their um, radio guys talk to Golden Black. And um, I thought it was kind of funny how, how heavily slanted they were towards uh, believing that Purdue was uh, going to struggle with them. Um, I think if Purdue doesn't have as many self-inflicted wounds as they had today... Purdue wins by two touchdowns. They win going away, but they just made some boneheaded moves, and it ended up hurting them quite a bit. But Purdue improves to one and one. Of course, uh, Coach Walters got a Gatorade bath at the end for getting his first career victory. Um, they're just like last week, though. Exactly like last week. There's so much that this team can improve upon, and there's so much that these coaches can improve upon. And I am hoping that the coaches take – the victory with a grain of salt and say, okay, we can get better. We can get a lot better. Um, the thing that got me is you go for uh, a fourth down on the other 30, and then they gave up the opportunity to go for it on fourth down on the 50 a couple times, uh, fourth and one, uh, one on the 48, on the other 48 coming. Uh, those, those situations killed me. Um, so, but I will say the one-two punch of uh, Mockaby and Tracy looks pretty deadly at this point. Um, that's a good tandem of running backs. Uh, downing wasn't quite as effective, uh, but pretty, pretty nice um, one-two punch between those two. And their running style is so different. Mockaby's, uh he's still tough to figure out which direction he's going to go for defenders. And Tracy is kind of a plant your, your foot in the ground and then go north and south. They're both really effective, and they're probably pretty tough to get used to right back-to-back. -back. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in live. Let's talk to a couple of you. Uh, Boiler, bruh, 82. Uh, Boiler up. Hammer down, man. Um, Nathan Anderson's here. Good evening to you. Uh, Mark Garrity. Uh, feels great to get that first win. I think a lot of people talked about the importance of this win. I think somebody in the comments 
uh, after after the after the pregame said, "Is this a must win?" And I was like, I was not even going to answer that because I don't think it's smart to say anything's a must win this early in the season. I don't. I mean, I don't know why it would be a must win other than for the confidence of the team. There's just so much football left to be played, and um, and I think there's so much room for improvement in this team. I think Hudson Card can. I think he has so much more left in the tank. I think he can do so many things uh, that we haven't seen um, because I think he's still – this week he probably missed more throws than he did last week, but he made better decisions pulling the ball down and running it. So that was a big deal. Um, Crispy says, uh, great win, first of many. Agreed. Um, I don't know about you. Does your <clears throat> does your preseason prediction for wins change after this game? For, this, for me, not really. I'd still say – uh, I think I said five a week, 10 days ago. I think four or five is probably what it looks like to me based on what I've seen. Um, but I don't know. I, it wouldn't, I can tell you in the second and third quarter, I didn't feel very good about it. That's why you play four quarters, obviously. But I was like, man, they keep playing like this and calling games like this. They're in, they're in deep trouble. It's going to be harder to get to two to three wins. There are some games, obviously, Northwestern looks awful. Um, and uh, but that's past that. There aren't a ton of horribly weak teams as they sit right now. A lot lots can change in the season with injuries and things like that on all sides, Purdue side and other teams side. Um, but right now, right now, um, I think four or five wins is where I would I would stand. And they get past that, it's going to be gravy. It's going to be kind of a special season, honestly, because of the slow slowish start, if you will. Nate Reinhardt says. Uh, it was great to see Walters running around flexing after the game. Yeah, he was excited. That was neat to see. I think it's all it's always fun when a when it shows up a guy cares that much. I think he was really happy to see it. Ted Berkey um, says clean up the penalties, uh, help our secondary. We'll be great. There there is a major problem in the secondary, in my opinion, right now, and it needs to be cleaned up. And I might address it in the handsome hour on Monday at nine p.m. Tune in. Um, but there's a major problem in the secondary right now, and it needs to be addressed. And I think the coaches will see it on film because I saw it live. We'll talk about it. That's what we call a teaser in the business. Um, Chris R says, uh, let's see, uh, Purdue with a major time and possession advantage, and that in the first half. And that came from having sustained drives, really putting together um, an identity on offense. They didn't have it last week other than big plays. Big plays aren't enough to, to – to, to have a lot, a lot of success with a team. But putting together those, those sustained drives and, and showing what the air raid offense can do, where it, it should be methodical. It should be guys sitting down in the zone and finding space. Um, and actually, Claire did a better job at that in, in the tight end position than anybody. Um, the tight end is going to be extremely important. Hopefully, Garrett Miller can come back to 100% by Syracuse. I still don't understand why he's not quite there, but he's not. Um, he's going to be important, but if he's not going to be there, I'll tell you what, the other tight ends are going to come up. They're coming fast, so that's good to see. Um, T. Rick says, didn't watch the game. Seems like having a starting caliber center help. But no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt. Uh, doubt no doubt. Um, Kalkenberger. I, 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 I don't know if I said that right before the game, and I don't know if I'm saying it right now. I think it's Kalkenberger. Kalkenbrenner. Kalkenberger. Tagnab. I start down some doubt myself when I do these, which is great. Um, that made a huge difference. And the line with the anchors there, with Musa, Mabau, 
and him all all there uh that's that's a pretty solid line and then you've got other guys that come in they all look the part and they looked like a more cohesive unit today that was huge nothing but huge my pal Chris Harder's here. Uh, defense shut them out for three quarters. Yeah, and the defense made plays at the end to slam the door. Maybe you guys can explain something to me that I don't understand. I watched the entire game on mute because I can't stand Rod Gilmore. I think he's so biased to the Pac-12 and for no good reason. He's tough to deal with other than he is a, I think, is he a Cal or Stanford grad? I can't remember which one. He's one of those two because he was in that famous Cal-Stanford game. He had a part in it. Uh, he's a wide receiver. And, uh, yeah, he's tough to listen to. And you guys were tweeting at me, Xing at me, how painful he was to listen to. And I was like, not for me. I was enjoying the conversation of family as the mute button was on. And I suggest you guys adopt that um, philosophy. It's just better. Rose Adams, boiler up, hammers down. Uh, Chris B. had a bunch of comments in here. Uh, he said, card missed some throws, concerned me a bit. Maybe it's nothing, but I'm curious about your thoughts. Thanks for the post-game streams. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I started talking about this a minute ago. I do think that Card missed some throws. I'm not concerned about him missing throws because I think if you look at the way he's missing them, it's footwork. And it's not like he's got a, a curse that he doesn't uh, know how to put his keep his feet under him. He just wasn't doing a very good job at it at times. And it really was in those clumps. Like when he was um, maybe rushing it a little bit, he had one where he threw – his feet were completely off um, – he didn't throw an interception, just missed his man. And so I think these are very curable. I think his mechanics are actually pretty decent, and I think he makes pretty solid decisions, but he, he missed a couple. Um, there was another person had had a comment for me on Twitter. They said, does it feel like, and I think she's here. I'll see in a second. Um, the uh, She said, does it seem like Card throws a ball that guys are jumping for a lot? And I said, well... Part of it could be because produced receivers are pretty small. Most of the guys, save Yassine, really, because um, I don't remember Canyon playing today. I don't remember hearing his name get, well, his name wouldn't get called because I wasn't listening to it. But um, it, it, these are small receivers. So the target's smaller, and as a 5'4 guy, I'm, I'm extremely short. But you kind of go up on the ladder and get it sometimes. Um, let's see. Uh, Boilermaker63 says, love the noon games. Whole rest of the day ahead of us. Exactly. That was awesome great day you got to do whatever you wanted today i mean i i coached a soccer game a girls soccer game my my daughter's uh, uh middle schooler and they got the w most importantly but i got to go to the game i watched the first part went to the game came back watched the rest of the game hours later no problem easy peasy um let's see uh nate hardman uh he was big mad as well i think it's pretty natural to get there brian t said uh had to be a really long day for the Boiler Faithful who traveled. And you're going to hear from two of them 9 o'clock on Monday if you like to tune into the Handsome Hour. Anish and Jay were there. They gutted it out. They said the, the weather was absolutely atrocious. Uh, Jay had his boys in tow, I believe. I'd, I look forward to hearing that. I hope one of them is tuning in live. I haven't seen them on the, on the, uh, in the margin here. Uh, but you'll get to hear from them on Monday. Hopefully you tune in. Uh, it'll be neat hearing from those guys. Colton Berger, Colton Berger, there we go, it's written by Nate Hardman, um, he, him being hat back was huge, let's see, Adam Pomfret said, had no TV viewing options from the beginning, glad to listen to the radio broadcast, radio announcers always light years uh, better than TV, they are very good, Purdue's broadcasting team is pretty fun to listen to, Newton's voice is about as annoying as mine, which you guys are listening to right now, um, but somehow he gets it done, as do I, uh, but they are good, 
I like hearing the the radio broadcast, but man, Gilmore will just make your ears bleed. Nate Reinhardt says, uh, yeah, I love him bringing on the fourth down stats every time a team got to third down. Yeah, uh, mercy. They, they were painful. Um, the announcers didn't like that fourth down call either. So we, Rod Gilmore and I see eye to eye, says Boiler Bro 82. Uh, let's see. Let's get through this. Um, Melissa Hunt says, uh, Mock looked like, uh, like he was trying to catch the ball in the fourth quarter of the drop. Let's see. Yeah, that, that drop by Mock, um, like he was just standing there, right? I mean, easiest catch he'll ever have to make in his career. He just dropped it, and I think he just lifted his eyes. I think he was looking, getting ready. He might have gotten hit, so he was, uh, he just lifted his eyes. Easiest thing to do as a receiver, and he'll make that call. He'll make that catch most of the time. Let's see. Um, yeah, Chris B says uh, we need more Burks. Uh, is he any good in the slot? Uh, Burks is very good. Burks is very, very good. His his tools are awesome. I think Virginia Tech was pr- probably trying to take him away. Did a pretty effective job. Sorry, good time for a sip. John Faker uh, is here. Uh, my parents were there. They stayed for the whole thing. That is macho. I don't know, John, how uh, what your parents' age is, uh, but I can tell you, my parents would not have lasted. My dad's a pretty good diehard fan. Hope I don't know if he's in here. It doesn't look like he's in the margin, but there's no way. They would have been like, yeah, we're done. Um, oh, my dad is there. Look at that. My dad is here. Enjoyed the game with very good Boiler fans. Cheers, Dad. Um, uh, I think it's fair to say, Dad, that you would not have made it through the 5-hour and 27 uh, minute delay. I, I don't mean to, you can speak for yourself if you'd like, but yeah, so my dad is here, which is awesome. Your dad is 72, mom is 71. Dude, that is hearty. That is, that's solid and cheers to them. Hope you're enjoying uh, your favorite uh, malted beverage or uh, brown liquor tonight because it's a, it's a good reason to, to, to tip one back and um, do it responsibly, of course, um, but always good to, uh, to celebrate a little victory with your favorite beverage. Let's see. Um, Paul and Bo Outdoors says, Mock is running hard if he gets hurt. We may have issues. Well, listen, let's just not go ahead and talk about that injury thing. Uh, Mockaby is a guy that's undersized. We, You look at him, you're like, man, it's incredible how elusive he is, how good he is at making the extra, t- getting the extra yards after contact. He's so good at it, and he's his, his, his legs move at such a different... Um, direction than anybody else's it's like his knees and hips are all on ball joints his ankles it's wild to watch him run I love watching the guy run um when I was young I wanted to be a running back more than anything and watching guys like that the different style of running always gets me so that's uh Devin Mockaby is going to be uh he already is a boiler favorite but I don't know how anybody can't just enjoy the guy um, let's see. Brian T says, always thank you for the re- recap. Brian, thank you for being here. And I think that's going to be my last comment. We're almost near 30 minutes, 27 minutes. So like I said, it might not have been beautiful, but it is difficult to get a victory on the road versus a power five opponent and anybody in general in modern, uh, in modern college football. It is just simply difficult to get that, to earn that victory and Purdue is now one and one many of you may thought they're going to be one and one after these two games you probably if you're like me you thought okay Fresno State because it's home you just felt better about it but we really didn't know anything 
about this Purdue team. And we did know Fresno State was pretty solid. And we did know Virginia Tech struggled last year. Virginia Tech, to me, looks like a team that is pretty incomplete. Um, they look like a team that needs to have a guy or two step up that hasn't done it yet. You saw at the end of the game they had their backup quarterback playing that final drive. I think that's nothing but negative for a team's morale, to tell you the truth. I think it was a bad move. You kind of got to ride or die with your guy, unless he was injured so badly. And I, I saw him standing next to the coach. He didn't look dinged up. He may have been a little gimpy, but I don't. Sorry, I think that was an awful move by their coaches. Uh, let's see. Low-key, uh, Kilo Mike said, I listened to the game online. Um, the team made improvements over the last week. I was exhausted when the game ended. Yeah, can you imagine what those guys felt like? Can you imagine what the broadcasting team felt like? Number one, they tried to fill air for like two and a half hours before saying, okay, we're going to go to a pause. And then they had the Ohio State-Purdue uh, game on from... What year is that? With Rondell Moore here. Um, they had that game being re-aired because uh, I turned the, the broadcast on. I was like, okay, this is not live. Rondell Moore is not playing anymore. You can't fool me. Um, I mean, those guys must have been exhausted. And then the players, right, to get warmed up, to go out, get drenched, to come in, to try to figure out how to dry your jersey and your pants. I'm sure they all figured it out. Had multiple meals probably in that five hours. I mean, my goodness. Uh, what a what a crazy day, and uh, I know a lot of you guys had a hard time finding television um, to watch the game. 2018, thanks, Mark. Uh, Mark Goshorn uh, with the save of Boiler Dowd. Many of you guys do that for me all the time. Really appreciate it. Let's see. Safety first. I didn't I didn't read this comment. Safety first says you can tell the staff is young. They have too much hesit hesitancy on what to do on fourth downs. Yeah, there. But let's not forget Jeff Brom and his cohesive coaching staff that he constructed with a bunch of veterans. Do you remember how much problem they had with that decision-making? I mean, my goodness. It happens to the best of the staffs and the most experienced staffs. Um, one thing that we have to hang our hats on as Purdue fans is the fact that Jeff Brom would have struggled mightily just he would have been in his own head so badly with that much rain falling. He would have changed the play calling. He would have thought the world's coming to an end because inclement weather has always been Jeff Brom's kryptonite. We didn't see that today. Purdue came out in that first couple couple drives in that first quarter, and they were they were playing football. They weren't worried about the elements, and it was still raining at that point, and it was still soaking, and the ball was drenched. <coughs> no problem for this team. Um, Ben, thank you. Uh, ben says, looking handsome. Appreciate it. Our Miller says, um, what do you eat between finish and start? Now, what does the team eat or what did I eat? I had some pizza from from uh, a Fisher's establishment. Had some, some delicious pizza. Very, very good. So what does the team eat? <clears throat> I'm sure they're eating healthy. Uh, they've got, I got to take a drink. They've got nutritionists, and I think she's awesome. The head nutritionist in the football program, she does a great job. Players love her. I don't know if she travels to a game like this. That's a really good question. I thought about all these logistic things, right? We talked about logistics last week. I'm over 30 minutes now. I apologize. But the logistics of today, think about it. Purdue did not, I don't think they planned on staying overnight in Blacksburg. But the game ends at 9 p.m. Obviously, they have a, a charter plane, but... They're probably going to fly back tonight, I would think. I think that's no problem. But everything's scrambled, right? The way you do everything, the 
what you packed, all that stuff, the way you handle laundry because everything's drenched that they own. Um, like I said, food, I'm sure Virginia Tech, I, I don't know how that works. How much food does Virginia Tech provide during that sort of thing? I don't know the answers to these. I'm sure these are all questions that are easy to answer. Um, maybe they give them stadium fare and everybody gets popcorn and hot dogs. No, they don't do that. There's no nachos for players. They don't do that. I'm sure they don't do that. Um, London Weather says, "This is let's see. Um we still had good offense in the rain. Uh, they also ran and stuck to it. Um, one thing I thought was awesome is Virginia Tech. Um, every time you get tested by a team, when they kind of hit you in the mouth, a team gets better at saying, okay, we can handle this situation, right? And I think Virginia Tech counterpunched Purdue. I don't think the game should have been that close. I will, I will say that again. I'm sorry to my Virginia Tech fans and my Fresno State fans that are surely tuned in because they're big, boiled sports fans. Big Boiler Dowd fans, the Fresno State people. and um, But, yeah, I think the game should not have been that close. But I'm glad Purdue came away with the W. Let's see. Um, radio said as long as they take off by 4 a.m., they'll fly back tonight. No problem. They'll easily get back there. Um, R. Miller says more bourbon time extension. This is it. This is all we got. This is all I poured. Uh, Nolan Hosteller says... Student man managers are the lifeline of the games. Oh, man, those those student managers are awesome. I was explaining that to my mom, how important those people are and how they are they are very, very good at what they do. I was an RA my senior year at Purdue, and I had two managers that I was around. One of them, I think his name was Chris Drake. That name just came to me. I don't remember names, and that's pretty awesome. But he was a manager back in 1997, 96 football season. And, uh, yeah, he got me a NC State decal, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, let's see. Um, Adam P. says, I did not plan to make a libations run this afternoon. Yeah, you probably just said, okay, I'm sitting down. I'm dialing in. We're going we're gonna to stay locked in for the game. But instead, you got a chance to, to go. Um, Ted Berkey, who wouldn't be a fan of BS? I don't know. I haven't found him yet. Um, but... Uh, Fresno State fans, they're fans of BS, like I said. And you guys are here. So, well, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, a little preview, Handsome Hour, Monday night, 9 p.m. Get to hear from Anish, Anish and Jay directly about their opinions of what the game atmosphere was like in Blacksburg. I'm sure they'll have some good stories. I look forward to hearing from them. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, Ted Berkey, you're right. Nebraska fans wouldn't like BS. You're correct. They would not. <laughs> Like BS at all. And they wouldn't like Jay money. That's for damn sure because he hates Nebraska. Um, Jay was probably happy as a lark today because Nebraska got their clock cleaned by Colorado. I kind of wanted to see Colorado fall on their face. Didn't go that way. Turns out Nebraska fans and Nebraska players have been talking trash about Dion, I guess. And uh, Shador took offense to that. That's a bad – gosh, there's so many things. You got what? There are – Three Sanders. You got Dion, and I can't remember his one son who plays on defense. He wears, wears 21. I think they all wear old Dion numbers, which is pretty cool. But you got a lot of Sanders people there, and that's that's kind of a rough thing to, to go after the family. Um, but, yeah, Nebraska fans do not like boiled sports. I'm sure of that. And IU fans, basketball fans, do not like boiled sports. Do not like Boiler Dowd. That's for damn sure. Um, uh, Nate Hostetler, what's the best burger on campus? I mean, come on. AJ's. And they got like a bunch of different types of burgers. It's not just like a cheeseburger. It's like deluxe. You can get whatever you want on the burger. They have onion rings that are just really good for you. They're filled with vitamins and minerals, and you can 
you too can be built like Boiler Dowd if you really work at it. Cheers to you on that effort. So, um, Rose Adams is right. AJ's. Thanks for tuning in, guys, girls. Uh, really do appreciate having, uh, there's a couple uh, ladies here. That's so much better. We need that. We need the feminine perspective. It's awesome. Um, and uh, my mom is not here, though. But my dad was. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. God bless you. Hammer down. Purdue is one and one. We'll talk to you soon. We'll have a lot of pre-Syracuse thoughts this week. See you at Monday at 9 p.m. Bye-bye.